Blog Talk Radio. It's August 2nd, 2020. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where realists for change present opinions that matter. Tonight, we're joined by co-host Jeff Brown, and I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please remember, good leadership is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. We say that at the beginning of every show, and it uh, sometimes gets a little old, but it is probably one of the most profound things that needs to be said about leadership or the membership. Okay. Working for a Living is a member of the Michigan Association of Broadcasters as in, as, and is syndicated on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, and Listen Now. You may also follow us on Twitter. As COVID-19 continues to affect the world, our U.S. and UAW workplaces have been affected with the illness to include loss of life. Far too many to state here on this show. Working for a living extends our heartfelt condolences and prayers to family, friends, and colleagues of all affected by this tragic disease. Let us observe a moment of silence as we Revere and remember all who have perished, most especially our own fallen UAW members. Thank you very much. Let's bring you on, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm good, Leroy. How are you? Good. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, really uh, uh, been a kind of a, uh, an interesting summer with this COVID going on, uh, you know, and we've, we've had some uh, uh, really bad things occur, you know, the family that lost all four of their children. We, we got a real nice thank you card uh, or note uh, initiated that GoFundMe page, so I want to uh, give a shout-out to Joe's folks be a heck of a thing to lose your whole family in an instant. Uh, the two parents and the fathers still recovering and the mother wasn't affected. So uh, hearts go out to those folks. Uh, in my week, uh, it's, it's been an interesting thing. You know, election time, uh, because of COVID, it's been postponed a little or canceled and rescheduled, properly said, uh, in most cases. And some, they didn't do it that way. Uh, they're going to have to take a look at what they did there. But uh, uh, it's been a, an interesting week. It was a little, you know, hot early, and then it got more temperate here, so it's kind of nice around 70 today, 72 or 3. Here we had rain early and rain last night, so kind of uh, was sort of a laid-back day here early this morning. Uh, so how was your week, Jeff? Quiet. Um, just like you said, it's hot. We thunderstorms. I just found out moments ago that I have three members of my family who COVID nineteen. So I have to after the show, I have to call and see who, why, and how. I some family members go on vacation last week and one the week before. So. Got to make some phone calls after this. Okay. Yeah. Well, you got a little muffled there, Jeff. I'm not sure what happened. Uh, you were real clear that something happened there for it. So, uh, anyhow, uh, uh, we're going to abate the announcements, and we have a couple of emails, uh, just the things that kind of going on. You want to take that uh, that first one? Uh-huh. Number one in the email? Yep, I got it. Well, can you explain to me why local unions are waiting on the international union to hold some local 
Union elections. And that name was held. Well, uh, you want to take a shot at that, or you want go ahead, Jeff. You you do it because you know as much about elections. Mm-hmm. As we had uh, the Constitution calls for uh, elections to be held in May or June, but with the um, COVID shutdown, you know, it screwed everything up, and some of the locals are having their elections right now as we speak. But uh, I don't know why the international is waiting. They don't. That, I don't understand that one. Why really. international is waiting? It's, it's um, locals. Well, yeah, local unions are waiting. The question was the local unions are waiting on the international. So, um, in my opinion, the Constitution is pretty clear that mm-hmm. the election committee. Uh, meets and makes proposal, and you know they meet in concert with the president and any other considerations. Uh, let's say, for example, uh, you know the local cap chair might have some uh, information regarding any action by the local or state governments uh, that might need to be considered. You know, upcoming action that you know the state might be ready to shut down or a local their local area might be shutting down for whatever reason and they couldn't hold the election. So the president would reach out to the cap uh, chair for the local and see if there's anything going on. The president should know that. Anyway. But that's a good way, to, you know, you have to depend on your, your uh, you know, your teams around you, you know, committees. So, and upon that, then the president would go, you know, and talk to the election committee and make sure that, they're all on the same page that there may be some dates that are not better than others. And then the election committee chair and committee take those into consideration and formulate the election proposal based on the available dates. And uh, I've seen that happen many times like that. Uh, sit right in, in the meeting and listen to it. I uh, wasn't part of it, but I listened, you know, and uh, so the uh, uh, not in the election committee meeting, but in the, in the meeting between the election committee chair and the president. Uh, so uh, they, you know, they just interact real quick, and, and no, no big deal. You know, it happens all the time. You have to have some coordination to it. But the election committee makes a proposal to the executive committee, and then they uh, review it. And then if it's okay with everyone, they submit it to the Florida to the general membership meeting. And that's who uh, then approves the election committee proposal to have the election. And it has to be seven days until nominations from the posting and at least one day for nomination and then another seven days before the actual general election so people can campaign over. And that's in the Constitution. There may be some local uh, input from local bylaws regarding how many days they want to have for nominations or the election committee may, you know, in their proposal provide for more than one day, but one day is required for nominations. But they could have more for nominations. If the election gets canceled and the local union president, the board have authority to do that if it cancel it's an emergency. But rescheduling it's not an emergency, you know, and they when they reschedule it should start from scratch. And most of the locals have done that step right back over and then have that whole process that I just talked about. I didn't hear anything about the International Union in that um, scenario regarding when to have an election. Now, the International Union, uh, you know, because of COVID uh, and the elections being canceled uh, in the emergency situation, uh, the international has, between constitution conventions, has the authority to temporarily adjust the language in the constitution until such time, uh, in this case, uh, holding an election, uh, or not holding an election, but extending the term of office from the required three years to such time as an election is held and the officer sworn in. So 
the Constitution says that all terms of office in the UAW are three years. And, um, you know, they must take action if it's going to be longer or shorter. In other words, you know, if they didn't take action, we didn't see any letters on it, to extend the uh, uh, offices for all the local unions uh, to such time as an election and swearing-in ceremony can be affected. Uh, the, uh, uh, you know, there could be a problem with, with the uh, officers functioning because their term of office expired at the end of three years. And, of course, the next terms of office are going to be a little shorter, and we covered this in May, and there's a, actually a minimum requirement by federal law. So they'd have to ask federal Department of Labor for a, a waiver to have a shorter term of office, not just the constitutional uh, adjustment that needs to be made, but that could be made at convention because the convention will be held uh, prior to the end of the, the term of office so they can adjust the offices for two years and eight months or however long uh, and each local will be different, and they can just make a, a statement, you know, uh, adjust it accordingly so that they would be back on the May or June requirement of the election being held by the uh, UAW Constitution that says it must be held, like Jeff said, in May or June. So uh, the only action there would be the international, uh, uh, you know, making some adjustments in the term of office, but not when to hold an election. So uh, if anybody's having a problem out there, um, you know, I guess you could reach out to us and we'll give you some course of action. Uh, Some have already done that, and uh, they are well aware of what I just uh, articulated here. That's our opinion, my opinion, Uh, and, you know, talk to uh, many of the team members in there in the same, same opinion. Uh, so, having said that, uh, let me go to number two. Uh, is management allowed to prohibit campaign in the plants? Well, in, in General Motors, they have paragraph eight that uh, management reserves the right to uh, run the business. Essentially, it is a management's rights clause. It goes back to property rights in old English common law, uh, very, very old statutory language, and uh, all contracts have that. Uh, they do have the right to run the business. Uh, but in the advent of labor unions, uh, there are certain things that uh, labor unions and our you know, members and candidates are allowed to do. And we'll get into a little more of that in Jeff and Mai's report later in the, in the show here. So, uh, yeah. Any questions on that, Jeff? No. Been there, done that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, freshly back from Washington D.C., I see somebody in the uh, the wings here. And we'll see if we can't get him to uh, uh, pop in and say hello here early in the show. It's not going to be a very long show. I don't expect it to be anyhow. So, but let's see if this this brother Thomas is here, uh, freshly back from his work down at the Capitol. Uh, reach out to him. Say hello, Thomas. You there? Yeah. You yeah, I'm here, Leroy. Okay. Yeah, good. I kind of gave you a little. Yeah. 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 So you got any comments on, on uh, uh, those two emails? Uh, basically, uh, I got half of uh, the conversation. I'm here with my grandson right now. We're on the computer. But uh, uh, in regards to the uh, elections and where they're held and when they're held, I think there's language, plenty of language out there that uh, dictates that process and uh, I know uh, in my local, we always had uh, in our local elections language that addresses that situation. So 
uh, for local local elections, and then also there's language that addresses it for uh, collective bargaining, anything that has to do with the international. But uh, other than that, uh, I'm not real familiar. I haven't talked to anybody that's having any problems with that. And, and, and certainly uh, there are some ramifications as to what you're saying here, and uh, uh, I'd prefer to hold off here and uh, let you guys get into the meat and potatoes here, as you said, later on in the show, and then be more happy yeah, to I'll, join in with I'll, I'll put you back in the listen mode, and uh, thanks for your input there. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it, it. Real quick, as you and I had discussed earlier, some locals in the general election elect the, the bargaining committee, but not the chair. And the chair is elected a year later. So the, the term of office is still three years, but the one that are being affected the most are the ones that are being elected in this uh, cycle. And that's done by bylaw, and they still abide by the three-year term of office in each case. So, right. right. Uh, yeah. And, that's, again, that's by bylaw. And it doesn't violate the Constitution by doing that either. I didn't know how to... I didn't know how deep you wanted to get into this, but uh, uh, <laughs> it, it's a curious situation. And, uh, in, in fact, if, uh, I caught the first part before my grandson got me. He wanted to go spend some money on Amazon. He wants to buy something. He's got a gift card. But uh, I, I, I think oh. that uh, somebody could be brought up uh, in, in the military, I guess you could say, brought up on dereliction of duty. <laughs> Well, we we don't know, uh, you know, um, we don't know if everything has been uh, uh, done copacetic, so to speak. Uh, I know we covered this very thing back in May on the show, and even the notion that uh, they might have to ask for a waiver from the federal government and may have to extend or reduce the, uh, the terms of office, but that was the only input that we thought the, uh, the uh, international union might have. So that's curious that uh, local unions are saying we're waiting on the international to uh, have our local union general election, the triennial general elections. It is an uh, interesting thing. and it, We got that from a couple sources. So uh, there's a lot of members out there real concerned about when you start moving elections around and we heard that at the national level on the government side here the other day, and everybody come out, you know, uh, not too happy about trying to move the federal election. Uh, but, uh, you know, we got to do it right when it happens. And it's, it is it is an emergency situation, and there's a lot of leeway to it, okay? Lots and lots of leeway. But there are certain things that you have to, you know, that's your... To, or got your eyes and cross your teeth. So I'll let you get back to your grandson there. It's you know, family hour, <laughs> and whenever you raise your hand, we're all hooked up now, Leroy. So, and 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 okay. getting getting back to the conversation, uh, uh, you didn't squeal on me to jump, did you? No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, what did you do now, Buckeye? I think I think you did. I think you did because I hear that no, laugh in the no, background. I, I, I didn't say a word, but it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, just a um, second. I, I better not say anything more. <laughs> that was well, I know how loyal I know how loyal Jeff is, and 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 you couldn't find a more loyal person on this planet. But he wouldn't squeal on you even if I had uh, had uh, his hand twisted behind his back and he's yelling for uncle. He still ain't going to squeal. Nah, I'd have my gun and shoot you in the foot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we've got a lot of loyal people in our team, and, and we appreciate each and every one of them. And, uh, of course, the, the two that are on the show here, plus myself, uh, we, we have a a unique bond for sure because we communicate quite a bit through the week as and it's certainly on the show itself. So, um it yeah. uh, doesn't they take away from the, any of the other loyal folk out there and, and you know they're putting their names on stuff and putting it up and forwarding it. It's uh it's you know pretty 
pretty interesting stuff uh, that the, the, the rest of the team members are doing. So I want to thank every one of them, and, and uh, they're loyal as well, believe me. Uh, we really appreciate the team that we have here now, and um, they they stand ready uh, for the next convention, and it's uh, uh, really, really going to be something to behold to try and fix some of this stuff that's not being done now and needs to be done and has been done. So having said that, well, uh, anything else? Yeah, we, we all know, Leroy, that we we have plenty of young activists out there that are willing to learn, asking for advice, not necessarily that they, they don't have their own ideas and, and they're not smart, but that they actually uh, want to uh, get as much knowledge as they possibly can from people who've been through through the war, so to speak. And uh, when when you get down to the nitty gritty of things, there are plenty of people out there uh, capable at the local level to lead the, their their unions and make changes that can get the, this this uh, the locals back on track, but also make the necessary changes. Uh, when the uh, next opportunity arises uh, for the positions at the uh, international level, and uh, hopefully that happens uh, rather than have uh, the uh, federal government intervening and uh, uh, a takeover of our union for a period of years, which at what cost monetarily to our union brothers and sisters, we've uh, we've already been to that extreme. So I think... uh, I think what's happening out there, and, and based on several conversations with uh, younger people, I get calls every day. Uh, I'm sure you're getting the calls, and, and Jeff's getting calls, and the other uh, other members of the team are getting calls, and it, it's a good sign, very good sign. Well, yeah, and, and everybody that calls just wants to do it right. You know, it's just being done right. You know, that's what our emails were about tonight. Is this being done right, or can they do this? You know, and they, they look for some advice and some direction and the best knowledge that they can, you know, acquire in, uh, according to the UAW Constitution and federal law. So, you know, we're not all-knowing, but we have some pretty good insight. And, you know, we, all of us, I mean, members that you've never heard on this radio show, have been uh, looking up things and, and given, uh, you know, they, they call uh, here and I give them the direction where to go and then they go read it all up and, and give advice to yet another layer of new leadership. By the way, speaking of which, uh, let's uh, take a second and uh, congratulate because there have been some elections already taking place. Uh, take a m- moment and congratulate any and all of the uh, elected, newly elected uh, officials in our in our union at the local level, and uh, we look forward to uh, you being uh, installed at your next general membership meeting, and that you do a great job for the next three years. And uh, in, in talking to a few, uh, you know, they uh, are of the same mind. We need to clean up our units, not business as usual, and they all want to do the right thing. You know, you know, more than a couple said that they want to do something this way, like past practice, and, and I asked them, you know, what's the Constitution say? And they looked it up, and they're, oh, yeah, well, we've got to stick with the Constitution. Yeah, you're correct. You know, so, uh, let, you know, let's, let's try and get them going down the right way, and uh, and I'm sure they're, they're going to take heed to some of that stuff and start looking it up themselves, actually. Uh, but we're always here, and our team is always available to field any questions as may arise. So, um, congratulations to each and every one of them. Uh, Jeff, what's that saying that you have about creating new leaders? You have it on your um, Yeah. Um, good leaders don't create followers. They create more good leaders. Right. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I said that a little differently to many that I talked to. 
and they they all uh, understood that to be in, incumbent on them to look like like Tom is saying to look down the line and start taking a look at who is demonstrating some leadership, and then you know begin to educate them in the ways of the Constitution and our UAW and the labor ethos itself, you know, and how we involve ourselves in the community uh, and try and try and affect positive legislation at all levels. So it's a big job, and, and it's uh, a lot of times thankless. But, you know, when we do it and we do it right, there's no, no better satisfaction. Uh, having said that, uh, Jeff, I know you're – anything else on that before we go along? Uh, Tom, you want to comment on that? Um, no, not really. Um, I think we've talked about it uh, quite a few times over the last year. But uh, if you want to improve your local or union, you have to get involved. You can't sit back there in the bleachers and just watch. Watch your others play. You have to get involved. Please stay involved. And, you know, it uh, it takes, you know, activism and involvement in order to sustain uh, local union certification by the, by the federal government. So uh, if your local, uh, you know, has a problem filling the officers, you could have lack of confidence in the union at the local level and you know we don't want anybody to lose their certification so uh, if you're on the sidelines and you think you can do one of the uh, positions and offices that are there I don't want to call them position because they're a union office uh, that uh, you know you might want to stand up and talk to some people make sure that you know they uh, don't have somebody else there uh, that might step up you might not have to, but, you know, coordinate your efforts so you get something, make sure all the offices are filled. Some of the locals uh, didn't fill them, and uh, they had to go canvas some of the members, just like I just indicated, to try and fill the the, uh, positions, and then now they have to go through a whole election cycle again, seven days, and then the nomination, another seven days, and then the election. Uh, so somebody said they were going to try and, you know, circumvent that and, you know, what's the Constitution say? So uh, anyhow, it's uh, uh, it's a, uh, a good thing that everybody wants to do the right thing. And it's not business as usual anymore. And we're seeing these more and more of these young leaders that are getting elected coming up and wanting to do the right thing. And I'm really pleased to see the next generation of union leader that will come, you know, in, in a while as they get seasoned to the top spots. So thank you for everybody and your involvement, no matter what, what office you ran for. Uh, you know, congratulations on your victory or your runoff, and, you know, and your participation in our great and wonderful UAW union. Thank you. So, having said that, uh, unless there's anything else to be said about it, Jeff, you want to go ahead uh, and uh, think you're you're ready to take on that issue of what management can do uh, regarding elections, and can they prohibit you from uh, campaigning? And so, you you want to take take that on, Uncle? Yeah. It's going to take me a while because I've got all these tabs that are open. <laughs> but uh, we had a question about management. And it is an unfair labor practice by the employer, okay, um, to interfere with, restrain, or coerce employees in the exercise of rights guaranteed in Section 157 of this title. And we're talking about um, U.S. Code Title 29 uh, uh, management labor rights. Uh, so that's one. 
Um, I've got to try to find the other one, Leroy. Okay. Uh, well, uh, that, if you want to just read that, I'll kind of lead you into the other one. I mean, uh, it's uh, the one, 29 U.S.C. 157 of the Labor Management Relations, otherwise known as the Wagner Act, is what Jeff's talking about there. And uh, it, uh, if you want to get into that, Jeff, we'll we'll break that down, and then I'll, uh, I'll lead you into the next one. If you don't mind, so. Yeah, I gotta I gotta find that page here. Hold on. No problem. There it is. I've got all these tabs open for everything. Uh, right. I, see. Mean, I got a ton of them here. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually looking yeah. for the one that I got myself here pretty soon. Yeah. So. I should have printed them out, but yeah. that's okay. Disappeared on. Oh no, they're. they're. I'm still Did looking. You find it, Jeff. Well, let me yeah. let me start while you look. Let me go ahead and start while you're looking okay. there. Uh, Twenty nine USC, uh, and that's U.S. Code one fifty seven, rights of employees to organize, collective bargaining, etc. Okay, and that's what the title of the the uh, section is. This is part of the Wagner Act. Okay, employees shall have the right to self-organize. Okay, we we know, uh, you know what that means to organize, you know, within your ranks and try and get some certification from the uh, uh, labor department as a union, and then that's to form a union that kind of goes with the organization and to join if you so desire if you're not in a right to work state you have to or assist labor organizations assist it I mean you know you have the right to assist your your labor organization whatever that is you know at the local the national and some of them to have a state statewide to bargain collectively through representatives of their own choosing. Okay? To bargain collectively through representatives of their own choosing. Now, of their own choosing means that, that we elect those people. We, we, you know, we choose them by electing them. Okay? We don't just walk over somebody and say, I like you, I'm going to choose you. No, it's the election process that's being talked about there. Okay, so let me reread that first half of that sentence. Employees, because this is like one long sentence. Employees shall have the right to self-organize, to form, join, or assist labor organizations, to collectively, to bargain, to bargain collectively through representatives of their own choosing. And that addresses the election process. And, and then more on it goes on here. To an and to engage in other concerted activities for the purpose of collective bargaining or mutual aid or protection. Okay, mutual aid or protection. So to, to protect the right to choose is something that's a protected concerted activity. Okay, that's what that's called, all that protected concerted activity. And also, and shall also have the right to refrain from any or all such activities except to the extent that such right may be affected by an agreement requiring membership in a local organization as a condition of employment as authorized under Section 158A3 of this title. So uh, you may have to belong to a union dependent on, on certain criteria. Of course, some of the states are are passing right-to-work laws and they can not have to join if that's the case. Lots and lots of uh, argument on both sides of that. And we here on our show uh, opt not to have right-to-work. Okay, we want to have good unions with the membership that uh, is an entire organization because together... You know, we stand and divided, we beg. So, 
so uh, with, with that said, uh, can you see that the election process itself is a protected, concerted activity? Okay, so then we go over to 158A. Did you find that one, Jeff? No. Okay, let's see if I can just send it to you so you can read it here. Maybe that'll help a little. Try and do this. It should go a little easier. I know. Go, uh, Jeff. So, uh, some of this came together this afternoon, and I know Jeff is well versed in all of this, but uh, some of it's uh, a little difficult to kind of keep organized when we have so many tabs open. So I think that that one there is two U.S. twenty nine U.S. Code one fifty eight. Yeah. Yeah, I read that one already. Unfair labor practice. One. Um, right. Yeah, down there, down there. Unfair labor practices by an employer. Did you read the two? Mm-hmm. The second two. I did. Yeah, I just read one. To uh, dominate or interfere with the information or administration of any labor organization or contribute financial or other support to it, provided that subject to rules and regulations made and published by the board pursuant to Section 156 of this title, an employer shall not be prohibited from permitting employees to confer with him during working hours without loss time of or pay. Is that what you're right. before? Right. Yeah. So the the important part there, I you know, in, in this instance regarding management interfering with the election, okay, by saying you can't uh go you know, go and campaign. Okay. And this place to dominate or interfere with formation or administration. The administration is part of the election process, isn't it? Wouldn't you say that, Joe? As you administer the union election process. Yes, we were. Okay. Good. Now, do you do you have that, do you have 481? Do you have 481 uh, as well? 481. I did have it. All right, let me, let me pop it over there too, real quick again, so you can take a look at okay, it. Okay, hang on. Um, I got it. We got that's section G. Section yeah, G. Right. Right. Yep. G. Use of dues, assessments, or similar levies and funds of employer for promotion of candidacy of person. Right, here we go. No money is received by any labor organization by way of dues, assessment, are similar similar levy and no monies of an employee shall be contributed or applied to promote the candidacy of any person in any election subject to the provisions of this subchapter. Such monies of a labor organization may be utilized for notices, factual statements of issues not involving candidates and other expenses necessary for holding of an election. That's okay. what that is. That's U.S. Code one, one. I'm sorry, U.S. Code four eighty one section G. Okay, yes. that's that's important. Uh, now, uh, if they uh, favor, uh, if they, you know, here's what's going on in the plants. This is my feedback that, that's coming here, and it's coming. From, from many sources, okay, is that management has said, because of COVID, we're not going to allow campaigning in the plant. And the labor department that has been contacted about this, okay, has said, if management selectively enforces this, and allows some candidates to, that are more favored by management to campaign, and others are being disciplined. One person got a uh, balance of the shift in a week, 
I get, yeah, 10 days. You got a balance shift in a week and a half, I guess. Uh, I got out for uh, quite a while for campaigning. And yet other folk are favored candidates by management, and they're not enforcing that against them. So that's one problem. And another problem is that's, that's the selective enforcement by management. They say nobody can campaign, and then they let their pals campaign because they, they're, you know, they're getting their way with certain people, and that's interfering with an election. Okay? And then the next one is, and I know others are going to pick this up, and next week they'll, you'll hear it on another radio show, like it's been you know, done for years here now. So they, then people say, well, you know, that's genius over there. God, okay, all right. Uh, so anyhow... Uh, any any number of radio shows, not just any one, any number of. So uh, there's lots of geniuses out there listening to this. Uh, so the the next thing that the Department of Labor has said is people have actually called to check with them, right? And they said they said that hey, guess what? If they allow other distribution in the plant like, you know, newspapers, any sort of distribution, anything coming from management, any kind of packages coming from management, any any uh, newsletters that are uh, handed out in the plant by our local unions or uh, members of our local union, uh, anything that is being done, they, then they can't say that COVID is prevent they can prevent elections because of COVID, okay? Can't say that. No. That's kind of the 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 rub here. Management is doing all of what I just said. And there are appeals a plenty that are gonna blossom here very soon regarding what management is doing. They're, they're actually getting evidence to that effect. Evidence and witness statements that are notarized. And they're going to go and appeal it because you have to appeal internally before it can go to the federal government. Okay, that's another little caveat here. You have to make an internal appeal. So, uh, management may not may not interfere in union elections for COVID under the guise of COVID if they selectively enforce it and allow some candidates to and some candidates to be disciplined for campaigning or they allow any other information to be disseminated in, in the, the facility, the plant, essentially, okay, by management or union, any other materials. Because what they're saying is no materials may be uh, distributed. And under that rule, campaigns may not be occurring because of social distancing and, and uh, passing out material that may be contaminated in one way or another. I mean, restaurants are throwing your menus away now. They've got a little one-page menu, and you read it, and they fold it up, and throw it away, burn it after you're done with it because they don't want to be passing code around. There's, there's a legitimate excuse here to say you can't, but you can't selectively enforce it. Okay, and if you are, then... 481G applies because you promoted a candidacy that you shouldn't. So that's the uh, the crux of whether management can or cannot, uh, and this is into my report in the way that we had laid out here tonight. Jeff is going to read all this for everybody, and then we're going to go uh, follow up on, on that Dutch report. So, Jeff, do you do you have any comments on that yourself? On, on the, you know what management may or may not want to be doing. Here? 
you know, management should just sit back and let everything happen naturally through the process. You know, they don't get to decide who the workers vote for. They don't get to decide what reps are going to be where. So, but like you said, I mean, do it for one, they got to do it for all. Yeah, right. They're they're asking our workers to work next to one another in tandem or in threes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And after 15 minutes, even if you have a mask on, you're considered to be exposed to that person, mask or not, that close. So you're asking for that. But, you know, if if a candidate, you know, you can require them, make sure you have a mask on because everybody's supposed to be wearing them, and that you wear a pair of gloves as you pass out your literature. Don't shake hands, just pass it out, lay it somewhere, you know. I mean, this this person that got... Uh, disciplined, and I won't get into the plant or a person's name, they simply laid the literature out on the table for other people to come by and pick up. Well, it, it may not be the best, but he got disciplined for it. Yeah. And so not a, not a good thing. But if they're selectively enforcing it because uh, that person got disciplined and it's known that others are walking around campaigning. And I'm going to tell you, they're going to be picky-uni about it. Now, our members are pretty slick. They're going to go and, and make sure they have evidence, even if they're not allowed to take pictures. They're going to go and say, hey, see that there? Sign this statement. We'll go have it notarized later. Yeah. And sign it again. Yeah. Okay. So-and-so is campaigning right there before in on this bait post, you think they're playing around? This is going to be done right. And the international was contacted, and one of the administrative assistants said, oh, well, I contacted the corporation. They said they can campaign any place they want, as long as they're doing social distancing and wear masks. Right. I got that letter. And that's not true at all because people are being disciplined for it, right? So management's lying out their teeth, one side of the mouth. And, and, uh, and so, uh, you know, as long as they, uh, at the top, they're saying as long as they can do it. Because they know when they go to the legal department what I just said, right? And why some of the chairmen aren't stepping up is because maybe they're being favored, huh? <laughs> so, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, get into one more thing here tonight, and then we're going to call it quits. Uh, Tom, do you have anything to say on that one? No, Leroy. Uh, I think you covered the bases pretty good there. Okay. All right. Because, yeah, we, they can't selectively enforce things. That's just that simple. Can't do it. Um, uh, moving on to the second half of my report. Because that was follow up on Jeff's and uh, and put some sense to it. Because Jeff laid the foundation with the uh, uh, the actual statute that covers such things at the federal level. Okay. Uh, and there's actually more, but that's enough to get everybody in trouble for doing what they do, they're doing uh, on management side. So that's that has nothing to do with us. And, yeah, but you got to remember. Even if it's against management, if it's affecting the election, you have to appeal it internally and say management didn't do their thing, right? So you have to have an internal appeal, even if it's against management in order to, uh, on the election, in order to have it eventually taken up by the federal government, Department of Labor. Okay. Uh, our president of UAW, Rory Gamble, uh, spoke or actually wrote a statement on the HEALS Act. And I want to read that to you, and I'll have a comment afterwards. Outside the bubble of Washington, D.C., our families continue to struggle with an economic devastate with the economy devastated by this pandemic. 
This impacts UAW members, their families, their communities, and their jobs, all of which depend on a resilient economy. This issue needs to be solved. In the short term, families need a temporary extension of the current benefits, including the 600 a week supplemental unemployment until a final bill is resolved. In the long term, families need a continuation of these enhanced $600 unemployment benefits, access to affordable health care coverage, and adequate funding for local and state governments to support their needs. For those of us lucky enough to be working, we need to keep the economy moving so the goods and services we produce can be sold. To do this, we need adequate health and safety funding and government support for testing in the workplace. Unemployment, health pandemics, and sudden poverty are not partisan issues. I want to repeat that. Unemployment, health pandemics, and sudden poverty are not partisan issues. It's time to solve this. Extend what we have and address it our families and nation's economic needs while we battle this pandemic, end quote. I don't believe that our team has anything but respect and support for President Roy Gamble's statement on this matter. Each and every person needs to go to the uh, UAW.org and find this, take a look at it, print it, pass it out to your neighbors, have them call Congress, especially the Senate. Call the President. It's not a partisan issue. We need to get this country protected and back to normal as fast as we can and letting it go down the drain in the interim where people are bankrupt and go homeless, and believe me, they're already going that way. I can tell you I have a contact in a, a large uh, apartment management that they own all of the apartments over in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area. And the delinquencies have doubled from 3 to sub, just under 7%. And but for the ban on evictions in the HEROES Act, they would be evicted already. They need more money. Nobody's working. They need the money to pay their basic needs or they're going to be evicted and homeless in mass. That's seven percent. And you can extrapolate that to the nation, because this is a three thousand unit organization. I'm telling you, we're in trouble. Our president of the UAW just made an an amazing statement here. We need to support this. There are times when we need to be critical. This is not one of them. Thank you. You have comments, Jeff? Uh, no, I don't, Leroy. That's absolutely right. I drive around here the city and there's signs uh, hiring. And nobody wants to work in these public places anymore because of the COVID. Um, it's a bad thing, and, and Roy was right. He was good. Now let's right. see if uh, see if DC will act upon it. Well, uh, well, it's, it's incumbent on all of us to get the word out. That's why we're covering it tonight. Yes, Tom, you got any comments? No, ex ex excellent statement. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and you and I have talked about this uh, offline. Uh, for hours and hours, and what the ramifications are if, if help is not 
uh, immediately applied to the situation. There, there, there are people out there right now that are working. And uh, the only thing I would add, if I, those folks that are out there working, if they're offering uh, the overtime, it is much as you possibly can now. Now. It's very important, and I don't think anybody would disagree with that. And the toys, stop buying the toys right now because the toys ain't the real thing. It's down the line where you could possibly help somebody else out. And the UAW's always done that, Leroy. You know that with our community service groups and stuff like that. So there's going to be people out there in desperate needs of just the basics, you know, shoes, socks, underwear, uh, just the basics uh, coming right down around the corner. If this code of doesn't, uh, doesn't uh, cease, Jeff hit the nail on the head. There are people, and I talked to one just recently, just, just off the phone, a very good friend of mine. All right. And uh, we have differences of opinions on certain things as everybody else does, but we're friends. And, and he, he made the statement, he goes into a store and, and, and these stores have got, uh, uh, mandatory wear a mask to protect my employees and the customers in my store. Please wear a mask. And people are just ignoring those kind of uh, warnings. And it's, it's getting to the point now at my age, uh, I know I'm a lot older than Jeff, uh, but uh, at my age, uh, if I see somebody in the store that don't have his mask on, or they don't, they have 20 people in the store that don't have their mask on. I don't create problems. I do not create problems. I leave the store. I leave the right. store. Right. I, I said, I'm Jeff, put Jeff, myself. Jeff, for the record, Tom's a lot older than me, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll put that on my calendar. Oh, <laughs> uh, you got to run. I just, and, and I know you're going to tell the story. I know you're going to tell the story about our conversation, our two-hour conversation. Yeah, we had a two-hour conversation. I looked at my phone. I I don't know. It's two hours on top of it, but for whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And and guess who won? Guess who won the argument, Jeff? Leroy did. (laughs) Leroy I did because of course he did. It was what the facts were. It was a, a two-hour conversation, and I looked, and I looked at it. I guess it could have been a one or two. <laughs> I go to, hey Jeff, I go to. Yeah. Uh, you know how the top of a uh, top of an iPhone is. You got your time up there. You know the, the hour. Yeah. Well, usually I have a timer on there. How long going? That tells me how long I've been on the phone with that individual. And I said, Leroy, do you realize we've been talking for two hours on his phone? And he looks at me and he says, oh, it's been an hour and two minutes. <laughs> I didn't know you're a liar. I got it right here. I got the evidence. You want me to screenshot it for you? <laughs> oh, I tell you what, it, it's fun to grow old. Yeah, and then he looked at it. It was actually like 2.07 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So that's what is. We've been trying to get that worked in all night, so I have to figure out how to do that. But yeah, getting back to it, it's, uh, they, they, we got to be careful about this economy here, and we got leaders that got to uh, get their uh, get back in their districts, and they just left them. And uh, I, I tell you, if they don't do it, they don't get it straight, or you know, to get it wrong, it's going to be a mess and a real mess. And we got folks out there that got their pensions. I mean, there's language in our agreement, you know, that's federal law that we'd like to change, but if even if we change it, it's still in the agreement that cuts a pension in half if some of this funding goes uh, below a certain level, 80%. And you, you get frogging around with our economy, and it starts dropping this uh, stock market, et cetera, uh, and housing evictions go up and stuff, uh, you're going you're gonna to see... Uh, people that are otherwise doing real well now uh, in dire straits the uh, first of the year. So we don't have a crystal ball here, but we do kind of look at all the, the dots and and uh, take a little straight edge and connect them 
every now and then. Uh, we'll just uh, we'll leave it at that. So, having said that, we're right at an hour now, folks, and um, I'll ask uh, both Jeff and Tom, Jeff first, if they have anything else to say and contribute, no matter what it is. You have anything else to say, Jeff? Uh, nothing. Stay safe. Um, wear your mask. And just try to have a good week. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. Tom, anything? I would echo what Jeff just said uh, and, and stay safe, just uh, what Jeff said. Ain't much more I can add to that or or anything, but uh, please look out for your brothers and sisters out there. Uh, it's, it's very important. You know, don't get angry when somebody's not wearing a mask, all right? Uh, just leave. That's what I do. I just leave. Uh, if, that, if that store doesn't want to uh, try to keep me safe and its employees, I... I just uh, get a little nervous about what else, what other corners are they cutting in there? Are, are, are they not sanitizing the store after hours or disinfecting it or whatever terminology you want to use? But uh, I just get out of Dodge, so to speak. All right. Thank you, Tom. Uh, uh, you know, obviously, stay safe, everybody. And be benevolent. There are people working during COVID, be kind to them as much as you can. I personally, um, if I have an extra one or two or three or even five, sometimes $10 bill, if somebody's went over and above, I'll tip them, even if it's a convenience store person. Some say we're not allowed to take that, uh, but a lot, of, a lot of places are bending now. They're working hard during COVID while their colleagues, a lot of them, are out there drawing $600 a week. So if you see it in your heart, if you're making good money, tip that cashier a little money. doesn't take much to keep the economy going. And to recognize them and say, thank you for working for, during COVID. It's much appreciated. And here, I'm not just saying that I'm actually going to, you know, let my money speak for what I'm, I'm saying here. Uh, so uh, the other thing I want to address real quick, uh, I, I happened to be in a campground in northern Michigan just going through it to see, because I'm curious, and I get around, and I was going through the campground. It's a place where I spent a lot of time when my children were young. And as I went through there, there was no social distancing, groups of 30, 40, 50 in real close contact, walking around. Nobody wore a mask in this campground. It's on a huge lake. They were walking back and forth to the lake. I can, you know, you can get out in the water and you're pretty much social distancing there simply because you're swimming or whatever. But as they walked back and forth, um, I'm telling you, this is a you know a, a recipe for a pandemic explosion. And I don't know why they're allowing that to occur in this state, Michigan. They opened up the campgrounds, but they didn't require all the things that are being required in the restaurants. I mean, they're they've gone up and down in the bars. They've opened them, and they've re reclosed them in certain areas, just right, outright closed as I got around the area where I was talking, where I'm, where I'm talking about. So if you're in leadership and you're listening to this, think about what you're doing when you set these executive orders or you're advising somebody on a, a path because there are things going on in this state because you have your head stuck in a in a hole like an ostrich in the city of Lansing, capital, and you don't get around like I do to see what's going on. I want to let you know it's bad, okay? And, you know, everybody wants everybody to have fun, sit around a campfire and stuff, but you got to make sure that you're putting policies in place for the protection of every last citizen and not having 5,000 people in a 700-unit campground 
walking around unprotected. Any comments by you gonna follow up on that either of you? You good? Okay. All right. Having said that, let's close the show out. Thanks to all of our global listeners. You know, we got a lot of them. Norway always comes to mind. They 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 put in a lot of, a lot of stuff uh, into my private message box, and we much appreciate that. Canada and Mexico listeners, thank you. Our U.S. Union and non-union listeners, thank you. All of our UAW members, a special thank you. If you found value in the show, please tell just one more person about us. Have fun. Stay safe in the coming week. God bless each and every one of you and your own God. Do that. Okay. I don't want to impose on my God. Good, good night, listeners. Good night, Tom and Jeff. Have a good night, folks. Good night. Good night. Good night, Leila. Good night, Joe. Good night.